0: Psalms chapter 34, for those of you that were here on Wednesday night, uh, was that two weeks ago, I brought this verse out um, and uh, just talked about it for a moment, but I want to bring it out to the rest of the church here. Psalms chapter 34, verses 6, and I have 6 through 8, I don't know that I'll read all of them, but it says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. And then um, I want to turn to Matthew chapter 13. I'll go ahead and read that. Matthew chapter 13 and verses 44 through 46. This here is the parable of the hidden treasure and then the parable of the pearl of great price. And verse 44 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And then verse 45, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Lord Jesus Fall in this place today. Let your anointing descend, Lord, upon myself and upon these saints, God. Preach your word, O God, and change our hearts and our lives. And draw us closer to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. There's something about that verse that just gets a hold of me when I read it. It's a, uh, it, I see a person that, that's, that's struggling and they're in anguish and, and they begin to make their way towards God and, and they're reaching out and, and God hears that person. He hears the poor in spirit. The poor in spirit. And so in light of that verse, I want us to think about this parable of hidden treasure and this parable of the pearl of great price. Um, some time back I preached out of this parable in the field and and talked about the the phrase the kingdom of heaven anytime I read a parable and I see those words the kingdom of heaven is like I begin to say okay what's the next thing what what's the kingdom of heaven like to and here it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. So we see the kingdom of heaven is a treasure that's in the field. And, and I talked to you about that field being the world and being, being souls of humanity. And that if you want to find the treasure, the treasure is in the field. All right, all right. But as I thought on this treasure today, and, and, and what this parable is telling us is this treasure is worth something. I want you to know today that the treasure of Jesus Christ is worth everything that you have. Oh, there is no greater treasure that you could reach out and possess than Jesus Christ. Oh, one day every man and every woman will die. Or when the trumpet blows, you will be translated. But everything you have in this world, none of it will matter. It is all gonna pass away. It is all gonna be burned up. Oh, no matter, no amount of wealth, no amount of land, no amount of riches or houses, none of that can you take to heaven. You can't take it to hell and you can't take it to heaven. Oh, I love my children dearly, but only Jesus can take my children to heaven. You know, you'll hear me say, I'm taking my children to heaven. What do I mean by that? I mean I'm pouring everything I can into them. I'm praying with them. I'm teaching them. But you know what it really means? Every one of them children have been time again brought to this altar, both at this physical place and in a spiritual place where I've come and I've said, God, they're yours. Oh, just like Jesus said about His disciples. He said, I give them to you. I've kept them except the son of perdition. I've said, Jesus, all five of my kids, they're yours. I bring them to you. Wherever you want to take them. Wherever you want to use them. Do not let them be lost. They're yours. I can't save their souls. But Jesus will save their souls. Oh, I am so thankful that He has filled them with His Spirit. And I'm telling you, as a parent, you pray over your kids. You pray God's Spirit over your kids. You plead the blood. You have authority in your homes, mothers and dads. You have authority. You're leader of those homes. Oh, just as Bishop has released things over this church because God has made Him an authority in this city, so He has made you authorities in your homes. If your kid was getting eggs out of the fridge and playfully throwing them against the wall, would you put up with it? If some other child came over to your house and began to call your kids' names, would you say, well, you know, I think that's a healthy thing. Maybe you should visit me with me about parenting. I'm not a counselor, but I think I can talk to you about that one. (laughs) All right? I'm going to be like, hold on a second here. I've been here. And I have to look at the situation. And I'm like, okay, how far do we want to go with this child? And then we begin to talk about, here's how we visit with each other. We pulled the neighborhood together once. Gathered all the kids up. Mainly to address the bigger kids that were being bullies. None of them were mine, by the way. Actually, that is true. It wasn't them. We we begin to talk to them about how you talk to each other. Why? Because we said... We do want you kids to be around here, but you're not going to treat our children this way, and we're not putting up with it. When I got done, the neighbor guy, he even got louder about it, and he's like, if you want to play over here, and he laid it out. Why? Because as parents, we're saying in the nicest of situations, I'm looking out for my kid, and if your kid was in your house, and they were throwing eggs against the wall, or they were calling you names, you're not going to put up with it. You're going to say, hold on, do you know who's boss here? Do you know who's in charge? This does not happen in my house. Well, hear me today. There are devils that come into your homes, or they try to, and they want to come in, and they want to trash your children, and they want to throw eggs against the walls of their life, and they want to make them miserable. But you need to step out there, and you need to say, not in my house. Those thoughts don't belong in my children. That name calling doesn't belong in their lives. The devil wants to come in there, and he wants to tear down their minds. He wants to make them think that they're losers, that they're not worth anything. He wants them to see all their flaws. Oh, but you're going to stand up in the name of Jesus, and you're going to declare him over your children. You're going to declare him over your husband and over your wife. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Oh, I want somebody to reach their hands towards heaven and declare Him in your home. Right now in the name of Jesus, we declare you over our children. We declare you over our spouses. Oh God, our homes are your homes. And we take authority over every thought and over every obstacle and over every spirit. Not of you that has come in there. And we release your peace. And we release your joy. And we release your righteousness and holiness. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Give him another hand clap. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, this treasure of Jesus Christ, it's worth everything that you have. Oh, it's worth pursuing after. I don't care. Oh, there was the young man that came to Jesus, and, and Jesus he said, What must I do? And and Jesus talked to him about the commandments, and Jesus ran through the back half of the commandments. And he says, I've done all these things. And then Jesus narrows in on the thing that's in his life. You see, he had a lot of wealth. Which isn't wrong. But it had superseded God. It took precedent. He didn't even realize it. He was in desperation to get to God. The Bible tells us that Jesus loved him. Oh, he loved him. And he loved him so much he shared a truth with him. That stuff is in the way. You need to sell it. It's displaced me. Oh, he wasn't saying to him. He said, give it to the poor. He didn't even, he don't even say, and become poor. He said, move it out of the way. Give it to the poor. Because you want me. And I don't want anything between us. So if you'll get rid of that. Oh, and it's just me and you. And that will allow you to have all of me. Hallelujah. Jesus let him know what was in the way when God comes to you. And he says, this is in the way between us. Hear his voice. Because he's worth it. And get it out of the way. I promise you, God will take care of you. He will take care of all your needs. And you will have no greater treasure than the treasure that you receive from him. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. As I thought on this treasure and as I was talking to God today, an article that I had read came to mind and it was about some treasures. One of them that I read, the initial one, it was a bowl. I don't know if you have a picture of that bowl, Now, Brother Danny... I thought about your bowl, and I thought, oh no, I'm doing a bowl message here. <laughs> but when I looked at this bowl, I read about it, I believe it was at CNN, and, and this bowl right here cost $35. Is anybody out there, would you buy this bowl? I don't know, Alicia, would you like this bowl at home? You know, it kind of reminds me, is it called Corel Dishes? Is that the right? That, when I look at that, I kind of see that right there. The gentleman that found that dish at the yard sale didn't ask them to lower the price. He didn't say, you know, I came here for a five dollar item today. I would like to have that. As the story is relayed in the article, the gentleman spotted this bowl and bought it right away. I want that bowl. I'm telling you today, if I went to a garage sale and I saw that bowl, (laughs) at the very least, if my eyes were drawing towards it, I'd say, "Boy, do I want to buy a bowl? Do I really want that bowl? I didn't come to spend thirty-five bucks today. In fact, I wasn't even going to come to a garage sale. I did that as a kid, and I'm tired of garage sales. My mom drugged me to all of them. I I I looked for the free toys." Because I knew she wasn't going to buy them. So I thought, man, maybe that person will just say, you know, let's give you all of our, I mean, stuff, stuff, our treasures. That's what I wanted. And then looking at that bull, I wouldn't have probably thought about it. And if I did, I would have then said, well, do I really want this? But the gentleman that saw this bull bought it right away. I don't know how much of an understanding he had. But he realized that it was worth something. That bull, if you could see it in the man's hands, and and I don't know if you have that photo or not, but it's just like this big, right there. It's not very big at all. And he took that bull to Sotheby's auction house. And when they sold that bull, it sold for over $700,000. Sotheby says, upon viewing the bull for the first time, our team immediately recognized The quality of this undisputed gem, and it is a reminder that precious works of art are hidden in plain sight, just waiting to be found. Just waiting to be found. You know, how many of you actually go junk shopping? Do you have the photo of the the garage? Is it maybe the Goodwill or (laughs) right there? You know, I am thankful I do not have that job right there. Just me. I don't enjoy that. My mom worked in a consignment shop when I was growing up. And I spent some time at the consignment shop. And bless you, for those of you that work in consignment shops, that is a job. I would rather work in a cornfield detasseling corn. I would rather clean up a hog pen than sort through clothes every day of my life. That's just me. I know many of you don't agree. You would rather sort through bags. I don't want that job. In fact, when I look at that picture, it reminds me just a little bit of hoarders. It's piled up. It's falling in. And I think, what am I going to do with this? And how can I make that presentable? If you know me, I can work on something for a really long time. Books and papers and all that, and I'll get it. And when I'm done, it still looks messy. My wife walks in and she goes, and then I'm like, why does that look so much better? See, it doesn't even look good up here right now. The Bible, and it doesn't even look good. I can't even get the, the pulpit right. Yeah. And, and that's just not my thing right there. But there's people that go to Goodwills, and they go to garage sales, and they go to thrift stores because they know in there they're going to find something like that bowl from China. They're, they're going to find something that they deem of value or they deem of worth, and they begin to dig through it. I need to go to the store where they put the expensive price on, so that way it tells me that's supposed to be a value. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that thing was a value, but they put a high price on it. It must be. Then I'm Googling, why is this thing expensive? You know. Um, but they go and they search it out. There's another photo I have. It's a drawing. It's a, a painting. This one, this painting right here, doesn't that look Beautiful. Oh, it's quite lovely. The lady that bought this one thought it would make a great dart board. (laughs) She bought it for $5. She took a look at it and she said, you know, this was at a thrift shop. And and then she discovered its value. This is from somebody named Jackson Pollock. He has more like this to me It looks like he put paint in ketchup bottles and then went. I am not quite sure what's so great about it myself, but maybe you artists out there do. This thing is worth $50 million. $50 million. And she found it at a thrift store and it was going to become a dartboard for $5. This right here is trash that has become treasure. This this painting or the bowl or many other photos that I looked up from necklaces to little carved out pieces. Somebody went someplace and either on purpose or accidentally found something that everyone else looked over and said, You know what? This thing has value. This thing matters to me. In our parables that we talked about today, the man found some treasure and he buried it in a field. And then he sold everything that he had. And he said, I want to purchase that treasure. In the second par- parable, there was the, par- the, the pearl of great price. And the man said, hey, I want that pearl. I'm going to do everything to get that pearl And so the merchant, he was seeking beautiful pearls. And when he found that one, he went out and he sold all to buy it. I am going to repeat to you again. When you find Jesus Christ, he is worth everything that you have. But something that you all know. And that we have all had to learn. And I want to refresh in your mind today. Is that no matter how much you spent. No matter how much you gave. Even giving all of you. You cannot purchase Jesus Christ. You cannot buy him. The man that that came to Jesus. And Jesus said sell all that you have. He said, give it to the poor. He didn't say, give it to Jesus. Jesus didn't say, give it to me. He said, I want you. And you can't purchase me. You just got to be willing to give up the things that are in the way. You cannot purchase Jesus. There is no matter of amount of good works that you can do. There is no level of great kindness that you can show. Oh, you can live all your life and never have sinned once. And you cannot purchase Jesus. You could be like Cornelius that offered up alms and prayers every day. But that did not purchase Jesus. Yes, those things became up before God. And he saw it. And he said, here's one that loves me and he became down to meet Cornelius he sent Peter to him but those things did not purchase Jesus Christ you cannot purchase him Bill Gates cannot purchase Jesus Warren Buffett cannot purchase Jesus the richest men in the world they cannot purchase this salvation That's why in the book of Psalms chapter 34 I I find it so exciting because it says this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Oh I told the church on that Wednesday night I said you know what Bill Gates the following verse says the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them I'm sure he would love to have an angel that traveled with him. I'm sure he would love to have a protection of an angel that was with him on his airplanes or wherever he was at in the world. One that would go out and do work and 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 prepare a way wherever he went. But you can't purchase the angel of the Lord. And you can't purchase the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no amount of wealth that you have or great work that can do it. In fact, it's the other way around. Jesus needs to purchase you. You can't purchase Him. He purchased you. And when He came to buy you, what did you have that He wanted to buy? You know what you were? You were a dartboard in a thrift shop. You were something that someone looked at and said, you know what? That would look great on the back wall of my garage. Our friends can come over and we can throw things at that. I want somebody to hear me today. The devil knows that you have value. And he wants you. But he wants to take you and he wants to put you on the wall of his, with his imps. And he wants to gather all around and he wants to throw his darts at you. And he throws those word, those thoughts at your mind and he tries to make you see yourself as nothing. And he wants to bring down your image in your own mind. And he wants to bring you down and make you think that you're of no value to Jesus Christ. But understand today, God gave all of himself to buy all of you. And there is no devil in hell. And there is no thought in this world that can keep Jesus Christ from you. Oh, God gave all of himself to purchase you. Brother Danny, you preached it so well today. All in him. God gave his blood for you. He gave his blood for you. He searched out for you. He, he looked for you. He said, I want you. Oh, he, we talked about last week about that lamb. That lamb that had those spots in it. That lamb. And, and what did he do with that lamb? He said, you're going to live. You're going to live. Church, God went to the junk shop of your life. And he began to search out. And as he began to search and to look and to dig, he said, "Hey, you know what? Everybody else looked at you as a dartboard." Now some of you said, "Hold on, Lucas, I'm not a dartboard. I'm thankful you do not see yourself as a dartboard. But maybe you're that bull. To me, you look like a corral dish. But the master said, "You know what? You're one of a kind." There's been great work that went into you. There's been fine detail that went into you. You were formed in your mother's womb. You are not by accident. When God formed you, when He purposed for you to be born, you are finite cells of such detail. You are such complex beings. You are not created from a monkey. Okay? You are not some accidental acid mix that occurred billions of years ago. You're not some proton or protein links that came together. You know what I thought of just then? Protein shakes. You didn't come from a protein shake. God intentionally made you. The Bible tells us He got down and He formed Adam. That wasn't some Plato project. God got into the individual cells. He got into the mitochondria. He got into the chromosomes. And, and I don't even know if I'm getting all these words right today. You know, I might be getting plant words mixed up with uh, uh, um, mammal words, right? He got in there and he, he began to detail it and to form it. He made the longest word in the body uh, uh, when He made your chromosome. He made the longest word out there. God did not build you on purpose to cast you aside just because you got involved in an addiction or just because you had words with your parents or just because you messed up and you stole something or you got hooked on drugs. Oh, no. When He created you, He intended to use you. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Give Him a hand clap. Give Him some love. When God made you He made you with purpose And you have to be thankful for your problems And your mess ups and your situations You want to know why? Because it is through those things That you begin to realize It's through your hurt And it's through seeing the inadequacy of your life That you understood That I can't purchase Jesus Christ And then when He came And Sister Dana When He said You know all that hurt? I want it And you're like, well, 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 yeah, your junk shop, it's worth everything in heaven. You're like, but you created the universe. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to wipe it out. But if you'll let me have you, I'll keep you forever. Oh, church, hear me. Hear me. God loves you. You can't hear this enough. Oh, you can't begin to understand it enough. Your junk, your trash, your rags, your flaws, your mistakes, every last bit of it, I know you gave it to Jesus, but if you could see anew again, he said, I'm giving all of heaven to have it. Give me your rags. Give them to me. Let them become my riches. Let me have them. Oh, let me put them on the shelves of heaven. Oh, oh, you know what you're going to see one day. Oh, when that trumpet blows and you're translated and you get that new body. Oh, and you see him and you're with him. You're going to see up there. see, we're going to cast our crowns at his feet. And he's going to be over there in Sister Brooklyn. He's going to say "This Brooklyn, she's mine. Oh, I want you to see the beauty of who she is. I want you to see every bit of joy and greatness that I have in her. He does that even right now. You see, when he poured out his spirit... He took that future spiritual kingdom and he overlapped it with this earthly kingdom in the present. And yeah, we war against spiritual powers right now. Oh, but we walk in spiritual authority. And right now, he's looking out there and he says, you have authority. And you have authority. And you have authority. Oh, if you could see yourselves in the spirit. You're shining with glory. Oh, you're shining in Jesus. Oh, he's put gifts and talents and abilities in you, He's called you out, and he separated you in your treasure. Mr. Brooklyn, I'm going to have the music here. Let me draw on this to a close. But do you know what the price of your trash was? Do you know what the price of your, your Pollock painting, your dartboard, your bowl? it was every bit of all of god every bit of him that said let there be light and there was light every bit of him that said that said that when he got down and said let's make man in our image and he began to first form adam and when he put adam to sleep and and he reached over and he took that from his side, he took that rib and he pulled from his side and he began to form woman. You see, the Bible tells us that we had a plan for Jesus Christ to come and die on the cross before he ever created the worlds. From the foundation of the world, this plan was in place. And if we could all stand to our feet, ushers, if you don't mind uh, I would like us all to make our way towards the front. We're going to have communion here in a little bit. Ushers, if you want to go ahead and get the communion ready, but if everyone can make their way up towards the front, just kind of fill out between here and these, either the front area, or these rows. Your trash is his treasure. The price of your trash was His life. And who, who out there would be willing to pay for that? Oh, maybe your parent would. Maybe a spouse. Maybe a close friend would say, you know what? I want to stand in for you. But even if they could, their life wouldn't take care of it. But Christ went to the cross he went to the cross and he said I want you I want to purchase you not just to have you as a trophy in heaven oh but I want to sit on the throne of your heart I want my presence to shine through you I want to be in daily relationship with you when people look at you and they say, but who did you used to be, Sister Kara? People might look over, maybe family. And whether they would say it out loud or, or not, they grew up with you. And they would say, well, this, was, this is who she was. You are a testimony every day to your family. Every day of your life. Sister Alex, Brother Joey, every day of your life, when you walk in, not because you're like, oh, I've got to be a testimony today, but you walked in. And you hold those beautiful children and you say, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, bro. They look at you and they say, I knew who you used to be. And Jesus is there and he's shining in you. And he says, I know who they are. You know what? Jesus sees you for your greatness and your beauty when you're trash. He sees you in the thrift shop. He sees you at the garage sale. He sees you at the garbage dump and he loved you and so that's why 2,000 years ago he went to the cross and if you could begin to open up your communion cup if I could get mine open here he went to the cross and at the cross he took this bread and as we've done before but if you could take that between your fingers and before he went to the cross he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you church we're gonna pray here in a minute you may want to cry out to God and And repent of some things you may want to bring him some trash that you have but whether you have trash to bring today or Or you've just want to love Jesus. I want you to remember this is his body That was broken and every stripe was laid on for you You of our great value Nothing in this world could purchase you but the creator of all the universe The one who gave his life for you and gave all of glory to purchase you. And then he said, take, eat, this is my blood, which was shed for you, which he bled and died for for you. The stripes that were laid on his back was for your healing. The blood that drips from his head as the crown of thorns went in was for for your healing and deliverance, for your salvation, for your mind. The wound through his side into his heart was for your soul and for your righteousness. This is the blood that was shed for you. Can we go ahead and break this bread and take this cup? Oh, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and take the cup. Now throughout this place can we begin to forget about everything else in this this world. Forget about dinner. Forget about who you're going to see next and begin to love Him right now. Because He saw you when nobody else did. He didn't buy you to hang you up as just a trophy. He didn't buy you to throw darts at you He bought you To use you But not just to use you Because some of you know what it's like to be used and abused He bought you To be in relationship Together You don't quite get this. Jesus wants to know what you like and what you care about. Jesus wants to know what matters to you. Jesus wants to reach this world with you. Oh, he wants to be in you and he loves you. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Let's lift our voices together as a church. Let your worship go forth. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.